to a Hope 103.2 podcast. We're nearing the end of our month-long stroll through the wonderful book of James, a letter from the New Testament written by Jesus' own brother. We're up to chapter 5, verse 13, which begins to bring the letter to a close with some parting instructions. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Well, before bringing his letter to a close in verses 19 to 20, James offers some parting instructions about how to respond to the joys, sufferings and sicknesses of life. First, James speaks to the person described as in trouble. Now, James isn't referring to any kind of mild inconvenience here. The word is actually suffering. It's the same word used back in chapter 5, verse 10, which speaks of patience in the face of suffering. James means real hardship, whether poverty, persecution, bereavement, betrayal or the like. When faced with such hardship, the godly person should pray. James isn't necessarily urging us to ask God for deliverance from trouble. He actually uses the most generalised word for prayer, not the specific word which means ask or plea. As appropriate as it is to ask God for deliverance from some hardship, the main point is that believers in trouble ought to approach God in whatever way is appropriate. Remember, the book of Psalms, the prayer book of ancient Israel, has almost as many laments, complaints, as it does straightforward petitions. Both can be expressions of devotion to the Lord. And sometimes the lament or complaint is the only type of prayer a sufferer feels able to utter. Think of the words of Psalm 22 verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Approach God with your pain, with your doubts, with your complaints. He's big enough for all of it, and he wants you to express your innermost feelings to him. John Mark Hicks knows what it is to experience suffering and loss. His first wife died when a blood clot stopped her heart after a back operation. They'd been married just under three years. He now has a 15-year-old son who is slowly dying due to a rare degenerative disease. Hicks is the author of the book, Yet I Will Trust Him, Understanding God in a Suffering World. In the book, he describes his loss and his journey through disillusionment, shattering doubt and pain, to a place of stronger and surer faith. Hicks found great comfort in the Bible's works of lament, especially in Job, the Psalms, Lamentations and the Gospels. He says that faithful lament provided the occasion for my finding God through seeking him, though my seeking was probing, doubting and questioning. Hicks adds that his faith is deeper and richer despite the sadness that he continues to live with. Joy still abounds in our family, he says, but it is a joy that lives alongside of lament, alongside of anger, sadness and sometimes doubt. Well, some religious traditions, Buddhism in particular, insist that our experience of pain is to be overcome by negating our craving or desire for the things of the world. This is actually the third of the Buddha's Four Noble Truths. The pain of poverty, for instance, is overcome by removing our desire for wealth and comfort. 
If you live with detachment toward the self and toward the world, suffering will evaporate. That's the Buddhist approach. There are also secular strategies for dulling the pain. This usually involves the pursuit of momentary pleasures or increased wealth. The expression retail therapy was coined with this in mind. But Christians avoid both of these extremes. We neither detach from God's world nor crave its fleeting pleasures. Instead, we pray. We bring the reality of our troubles directly and honestly to our Heavenly Father, and we seek His comfort and resolution. When we avoid bringing our needs to God, we're only shortchanging ourselves. Well, James then addresses the person experiencing joy. Just as the pains of life should turn us toward prayer, so should life's joys. When things are going well, we must not forget the Lord. Instead, we should respond to life's joys with praise. The expression sing songs of praise basically means to declare our thankfulness to God, usually by way of a song appropriate to the occasion. The book of Psalms contains many such songs, but countless others had been written by Jews and Christians by the time James penned these words. Interestingly, although praise is usually an activity of God's people collectively in church, James's exhortation here is directed to individuals. It says, let him sing songs of praise. Perhaps James has in mind that the joyful individual, out of gratitude to the Lord, will in church suggest a song of praise for the whole congregation to sing. Paul actually envisaged something similar to this in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when he said, when you come together, each one has a hymn. Well, what of singing today? What do these words of James have to say to us on this important topic? Well, psalm singing is not only prominent in the Old Testament, the New Testament presents it as a perfectly normal and important practice of Jesus in Matthew 26.30, of the apostles in Acts 16.25, and especially of the early Christian congregations. You could look up Romans 15.5, 1 Corinthians 14.15, Ephesians 5.19, and Colossians 3.16. James's exhortation to sing songs of praise fits perfectly within this picture. While in some quarters of the modern church, praise music receives too much emphasis, in others, it receives too little. The Protestant focus on God's word can unwittingly diminish aspects of church life which are not directly teaching that word. Music is frequently the casualty here. Songs of praise can sometimes become mere fillers designed to let us stretch our legs in between the Bible readings and the sermon. This is a real departure from the New Testament's attitude towards singing. Consider what the Apostle Paul says to the Colossians. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Singing stands right alongside teaching as a central activity of our gatherings. In fact, both are ways of letting Christ's word dwell in our midst as a church. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for being with me in all circumstances. 
Give me a heart that prayerfully depends on you in hardship and declares your praise in times of joy. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hope 103.2 Thanks for listening.